0: it's Sophia Eisenberg here. Are you looking for something to do with your out-of-town guests or are you in charge of organizing team-building activities at your workplace? Well, guess what? We've the thing you're looking for, a 10-ticket bundle to our show. Good for any live taping at the Bell House until the end of 2017. For more information, go to amatickets.org. Chuck Ellis recently tweeted, Dear past self, why didn't you download the NPR One app sooner? Don't deprive yourself of audio bliss. Also, don't eat that cheeseburger. Thanks, Chuck. NPR One is ready to make your commute waiting in line or waiting for a cheeseburger better. Find NPR One on your app store and now ask Alexa to play NPR One. Hey, Jonathan, today on Ask Me Another, we're going to play a game about original names of famous bands. So how about a speed round? Sure. Original name of Simon and Garfunkel. Tom and Jerry. Original name of Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: The Salty Peppers. Yes,
0: original name of the movie Moonlight. La La Land.
1: (laughs) From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
2: Thank
0: you, Jonathan. We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage waiting to play our nerdy games and endorsing each other on LinkedIn. But only one will be our big winner. And our special guest stars in the CBS show, Madam Secretary, and he's voiced the cartoon Superman. I think the bar is a lot lower uh, to be a hero these days. Like if Superman were invented in 2017, he'd have different powers. Like he reads the entire news story before retweeting it. (laughs) He votes in local elections. When he texts five more minutes, he shows up in five more minutes. He likes birds. He flies coach. He's Tim Daly. Our first two contestants will play a word game where we twist up TV shows. Why watch Game of Thrones when you can binge Gams of Thrones? First up, Rebecca Gadzuck on buzzer number one. You work in financial systems for Spotify. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Sam Keener on buzzer number two. You are a middle school math teacher. Welcome. Thank you. So the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. We'll start with a word game. In each clue, we've changed one letter in the title of a popular television show and then rewrote the show's description based on the new title. Okay, so let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung, for an example.
3: If I said celebrities quick step in tango while displaying marks left from surgery and stabbings, You'd answer, Dancing with the Scars, changing one letter in Dancing with the Stars.
0: So we're looking for the new title with one letter changed. Here we go. Steve Urkel helps his neighbors make fedoras and sombreros. Sam?
4: Family Hatters?
0: That's right. Yeah, Family <laughs> Hatters. With the famous catchphrase, did I do hat?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Terrible. Yeah, boo. One star, boo. one star. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lena Dunham and her HBO pals develop the ability to talk about their millennial problems while breathing underwater. Sam. Gills. Gills is correct. Famously criticized for featuring mostly whitefish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. Because
0: they spend their 20s floundering around.
2: Uh uh
1: These are all better than the other one.
0: (laughs) Howie Mendel and Heidi Klum help judge who in the United States grows the best
5: marijuana. Uh, Rebecca. I just buzzed in because I was trying to get into the game, so let me just think about this for uh, pot judges.
0: (laughs) One of my favorite television shows. (laughs) Judges (laughs) Good guess Not what we're looking for Sam, can you steal?
4: America's pot talent
0: That's right Intercourse researchers in the 1960s squander opportunities to get it on Rebecca Sex spenders (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Sam (laughs)
4: Can you steal wasters of sex?
0: Yeah, wasters of sex. That's right, masters, <laughs> masters of sex. Two
4: wasters
0: of sex. This is fantastic. All right, in this reality show, Mr. Saget, Mr. Costas, and Mr. The Builder wear disguises to spy on their employees. Rebecca.
5: Okay. The show is like Undercover Boss. Right? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so. I mean, I'm
0: just being positive. I can't tell you if that's the answer.
5: <gasps> undercover Bobs! Undercover Bob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I loved watching you add oil to the pan and then turn on the fire.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Correct. Life in a women's prison gets hilarious when prisoners fill in the last word of statements in the style of the game show Match Game. You can talk it out. Rebecca, who's in jail?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
1: The original show is Who's on Jail? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, again, high points for creativity. (laughs) Sam, can you steal?
4: Uh, Orange is the new blank.
0: That is correct, yes. (laughs) Okay, this is your last clue. On this Comedy Central series, Alana and Abby are two 20 something women enjoying all the sourdough and pumpernickel New York City has to offer. (laughs) Bread City.
5: Rebecca, that is correct. (laughs)
3: Puzziger, Archung, Chung, how did our contestants do? I wish you could award some uh, style points to Rebecca, but Sam, congratulations, you're one step closer to the final round. Soon our
0: contestants will play a game about terrible band names, and we're looking at you, Hoobastank. (laughs) But first, let's check in with them. Rebecca, after college, you worked in the bottom tier of a pyramid scheme? Yes,
5: that's correct. I was the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> How come you never moved up a tier? Uh, honestly, I just didn't have the work ethic, uh, according to the <laughs> pyramid schemers. <laughs> <laughs> They guilted you. Yeah. Okay, what, what was the scheme? Water filters? Oh, no, you had to like, go around and like sell coupons business to business. I don't know. Maybe other people have been scammed in this, but uh, it took me a little while. I was buying into it until I you know, wasn't making any money. <laughs> and you took this because you were like, I need fast cash? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, I graduated in the height of the recession, so there were literally no jobs except for pyramid schemes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and how long did you do it? Oh, only like five months, I think. <laughs> only five months.
0: <laughs> that is a lifetime in a pyramid. <laughs> Sam, in addition to teaching math, you coach the boys' basketball team. That's right. Hmm. What is the greatest thing about being a coach for a middle school basketball team?
4: They just get so into the game. They're so emotional about it. I'm actually uh, I'm editing a highlight video right now for their season. Yeah. They didn't win a lot of games. Uh, so I thought a good consolation prize was to get a, a highlight video of all of their great accomplishments over the season. It's been really difficult.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I need more footage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: they got a lot of heart, though. They play a lot of heart.
0: You can't have Bright them futures. just, like, running and, like, play the Rocky theme or just inspirational music I'm considering behind it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. Uh, that is beautiful. Okay, so we've got an audio quiz for you called A Band By Any Other Name, and I imagine it's got to be tough to come up with a distinctive band name. Right, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you write out all your, all your ideas, and I went through a lot of options before I finally settled on just my name. Jonathan Colton. I wanted something catchy and memorable, and that's my name, so it stuck.
0: It's perfect. I mean, and Guar was taken. Yeah, uh, obviously
1: that's the second choice, yeah.
0: (laughs) Always the second choice. So in this game, Jonathan and I will tell you one of the original names of a famous band, play you a small clip of that band's music, you tell us the band's current name. Sam, you won the last game, so you win this. And you go to the final round. Rebecca, you need to win this or you have to get a Nickelback tattoo. (laughs) Okay, where you get the tattoo is your choice, but I suggest side butt. That's the best place. (laughs) Okay, first up, this seasoned girl group was initially called Touch. Touch.
4: Sam. It's my very favorite band. Spice Girls.
0: Spice Girls is correct. Who was your favorite Spice Girl, Sam? Um,
4: Ginger Spice, of course.
0: Ginger Spice. She,
4: but she left, so I stopped listening after she left.
0: That was Jerry or something like that? Yeah, Jerry I can't Hallowell. believe I know this, yeah.
4: Right with uh, you. I, like... I wasn't kidding, by the way. It's my favorite. Band. Really? Yeah. I liked All Spice.
0: Old Spice? Um, I'm so... <laughs> Old Spice. <laughs> Uh, I am surprised that we all were like, yeah, baby spice. That's cool. Grown woman dressed up as a baby in a girl band. We're just, yeah, it was fine. It was the 90s. It, it was, was cool. The, yeah, it was all fine. These spicy
1: guys played two shows under the name Tony Flo and the miraculously majestic Masters of Mayhem. Of Rebecca.
5: Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right. This cool Philadelphia band began
0: with a dorky name, The Square Roots.
4: <laughs> Sam. The Roots.
0: Yeah. It's
4: a big stretch. That
0: is a big stretch. Right? Again, like the tonal difference between The Square Roots and The Roots, totally different. I, I- like the math name. The Square Roots. Yeah. The squares would have been a bad choice. They chose the better word. They, they to chose the with. right yeah. one, yeah. These sweet
1: 90s pop rockers initially dubbed themselves the Shrinky Dinks. Every morning
4: there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's bed. Sam. They should have stuck with the Shrinky Dinks, but it's, I think it's Sugar Ray. Yeah, that's right.
0: All right, this is your last clue. This group, not to be confused with a cable channel, once went by the name Second Nature.
2: Go, go the and the
5: that to... TLC. Rebecca, TLC
0: oh, sorry. is correct.
5: <laughs>
3: That's correct. All right, Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? We have to say goodbye to Rebecca. Congratulations, Sam. You're moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll talk to Tim Daly from the series Madam Secretary,
0: and I'll ask him what it's like to be on a CBS show that doesn't involve a graphic murder investigation every week. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. A quick shout out to one of our sponsors who brings you this message, Casper, a sleep brand that offers obsessively engineered mattresses featuring Casper supportive memory foam for just the right sink and bounce. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. So try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash another and use the promo code another. Hey, do you love podcasts? I mean, I guess you do, right? Cause you're listening to one right now. Get this, some people still don't listen to podcasts. Can you believe it? So here's what I'm asking you to do. Think about someone you really care about. And now think of a podcast that you would love to recommend for them. And then tell us about it. Use the hashtag tripod. That's hashtag T-R-Y-P-O-D. Thanks for helping us spread the word.
1: is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant, Sam, won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against, but first it's time to welcome our special guest. He stars as Henry McCord on Madam Secretary. Please welcome Tim Daly. Thank
6: you. Thank you.
0: I want to start with uh, how I first met you. You starred as Joe Hackett on the long-running sitcom Wings. Started in 1990, lasted eight seasons. Okay, so I know that you know maybe you feel that it didn't get the, its due at the time because of Seinfeld and uh,
6: Cheers, Cheers, so, Friends, Friends. I could go on. <laughs>
0: But, you know, Will & Grace, for example, is having a revival. Do you think Wings deserves a revival?
6: Well, I, oh, oh, thank you. I mean, I, I think it deserves to sort of its appropriate place in, in sitcom lore because somebody sent me a clip from Wings the other day and I watched it. And it was like watching another person, because it was 25 years ago. And I was watching this young man, and I thought, that guy's a, a really good actor. That's, this is funny. And it was me. And I was like, wow, I, w- I used to be good. Um, but I thought it was funny, and I, I actually got a little welled up um, watching it. Uh, so I, I think that it uh, you know, deserves to be known as, as one of the great sort of classic sitcoms of that era.
0: Yeah, so we, we just need to keep streaming it, keep getting the word out.
6: Yes, Um, we're talking about a reunion? Yeah. Oh, sure, why not?
0: Two hour, like Christmas holidays? A very special (laughs) way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So now we know you as Henry McCorda, Madam Secretary. I know. Yeah, that's right. See, I know a lot of uh, women fans love the character because the character finds power sexy. But you also have a lot of Guy fans that come up to you, I'm told.
6: It's true. I mean, I I think that If you think about it, (laughs) males are portrayed on TV largely, and this has gone on since, you know, the honeymoons with Jackie Gleason, as these kind of bumbling, dreamy Mm. boobs who are totally incompetent, who have to be saved by these beautiful, you know, sort of understanding, all-knowing women. I mean, they can't do anything. They sit on the couch, they, you know, (laughs) they're, like, scratching themselves, eating junk food and watching TV. And the woman comes in, and she's hot, and she goes, oh, guys, and they're like, you know, they're just idiots. (laughs) And I, I think that there are a lot of men who aren't idiots, who are competent, who can actually be left alone with a child and not be accused of damaging it or killing it, who can be <laughs> left alone and not burn the house down or, or you know, leave it a total mess. And, and a lot of men come up to me and say, thank you for portraying a man who is competent and not a complete uh, loser.
0: Right, like he knows where the things are in the house.
6: Yeah. <laughs> just and, like and simple things. Well, thing. actually, in the first season, it got a little out of hand because like by the fourth episode, I had cooked like 14 meals. And I was like, <laughs> OK, like if I'm playing like a 21st century version of you know uh, a housewife, I don't want to do that either. But, <laughs> right. But um, I'm glad that Henry cooks. Right,
0: you're like, tone it down, everybody. Yeah, it's getting unbelievable. Dial, yeah, dial it down, yeah. Uh, I imagine, you know, being on any show right now that is portraying the government, it's an interesting time to be on a show like that, even if it's fictitious, uh, because your viewers might be watching it in a different way.
6: Well, listen, I think we started out thinking that we would have these wild plot lines that would get people's adrenaline going, and they would, you know, we'd go right up to the edge of them thinking, oh, that would never happen. And now we're like, oh my god, we're like the relaxing show. (laughs) You know, we're like, oh, this is so nice. Look at this. Even these wild plot lines seem so calm and realistic compared to what's really going on, which is insane. Your show's therapy. Yes. People watch it to kind of uh, wean themselves off of the actual news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's exact. And Madeleine Albright is a big fan.
6: She is Madeline. She's my White House, House correspondent and her girlfriend. I met her there. I was... I was at the White House Correspondence Dinner, and I at the time I was doing a television show called Private Practice. Right. And and um, uh, I, I and somebody says, Meet Madeline Albright. And Madeline Albright, who's one of the smartest, most powerful, interesting, accomplished women I've ever met, who's about five feet tall, yeah. maybe, uh, looked at me and she said, Oh my god, Pete from Private Practice, you and Violet this time, but I'm like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, whoa, what's happening? I said, do you like her giving speeches and writing books and solving geopolitical crises and you watch private practice? She goes, yes, it's my favorite show and Pete and Violet, but, was like She knew the plot better than I did and I thought this is interesting. Here's this woman who deals with all this important stuff every day and she has her shows and I happen to be on one of them. So we became pals and uh, we've uh, you know, spent a, a few White House Correspondents dinners together as, as you know, boyfriend and girlfriend
0: Is she, <laughs> uh, is she a good time?
6: She's a great talker. Yeah? T- 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 yeah. Actually, uh, Bob Schieffer and Taya Leone and Madeline and I went on a double date. Uh, a couple of years ago, which is really funny because we came to this one entrance and there's little Madeline, you know, being very charming and sweet, and we wanted to go in the entrance, and there was a Secret Service guy who was like they want to go in the entrance, they're not allowed, and she said, I'm sorry, you have to move on, and Madeline suddenly went from five feet tall to like a thousand foot she said, I am Madeline Albright <laughs> I am the Secretary of State, we will be driving through this, and all these Secret Service guys are like, okay, 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 come on in come on in so it was like, yeah, you don't want to get on her bad side. Let's put it that way. Nice.
0: Uh, now, your sister Tyne Daly, and you is are. Is Tyne Daly
6: my sister? I no, believe so. This is what so. I get. It's like 35 years. She's my sister, people. Tell your friends. What do they, what do they usually think? They, they have no idea. They're like, really? Tyne Daly's your sister? Yeah, she has been for 60 years.
0: <laughs> oh, they're like, you know Tyne Daly? Do yes. they say <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, well, yes, she's your sister. She's my sister, yes. And you guys have worked together a little bit, but you have a new play coming out that is written just for the two of you in mind.
6: Yes. Uh, Teresa Rebeck, who is a fantastic and prolific playwright. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I did a play of hers at a little theater in Vermont uh, called the Dorset Theater Festival a couple years ago. And she kind of liked me, and she said, oh, we got to do work again together. And I said, why don't you write a play for Time and me? And she did. She wrote a play for us. You're
0: like, oh, and, I didn't expect and, you would take um, me
6: seriously. <laughs> and Tan and I have never appeared on stage together. So this summer at the Dorset Theater Festival, we are appearing in this world premiere of a Teresa Rubeck play called Downstairs. Can and you... we play yes. brother and sister.
0: Whoa. That's fantastic. Now, I feel like you do a lot of things, but you in your acting career between um, high school and college took some time off and sold and installed floor tiles? Is I had a floor correct? tiling company,
6: the Silver Dollar Tile Company. We would install a silver dollar in every uh, floor that we laid. Um, <laughs> my father was remodeling this house right in Los Angeles, and uh, I got a, he hired me as a laborer. And I was sort of apprenticing with this carpenter, and I met these Mexican guys who taught me how to do tiling. And they sent me and my friend uh, down to Mexico to pick up some tile. We met this guy who called himself El Primo. <laughs> and El Primo, <laughs> El
7: Primo had a
6: deal with the border guards, right? So we made this deal with him, and he shipped us like 30,000 square feet of that beautiful terracotta floor tile to yeah. LA, and we didn't have to pay any tariff. So we could charge like mm. 250% profit on every tile and be 30 cents a tile under the going price. So that's how the Silver Dollar Company... it was company.
0: very successful, but basically you used up all the stock and then abandoned the trade?
6: There was no stock. There was beer. Oh. <laughs> We okay. used up all the beer, and then we disbanded and it did other things. Excellent. I think that is a
0: perfect business <laughs> yes. model, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On top of everything else, you've been the voice of Superman, the animated version of Superman. I have. Okay, so we have a game right up your alley. Oh, God. Were you a Superman fan as a kid, or were you Batman well, or Hulk or something?
6: No, you know what? I like Superman. Yeah. I mean, Batman is so dark, and he's gotten so dark that it's just really depressing. Um, but I did see the Lego movie.
2: <laughs> I like
6: that Batman is better. He's kind of cute.
0: Okay, so this is perfect. I'm going to name a comic book character and describe the character's superpower. You just have to tell me if it's a character that actually appeared in multiple comic books, or if we just made it up. Okay. Okay. And if you do well enough, Nick Wester of San Jose, California, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Whoa. I know. Think about it. That's big. Here's your first one. The Clock King. His only power, extreme punctuality. Is that real or fake?
6: That is false.
0: (laughs) It sounds like it could be false, but it's real.
6: Damn. But I said that with so much conviction. I know, Does that I know. count for anything? I, sh- I know, right? Sorry, Nick. I, Jeez, you're, okay. uh, the clock king? He's a oh, villain, boy. clearly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was born William Talkman.
6: His nickname was Tick, obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah. Tick-Talkman. Tick-Talkman. He's very precise about time, carries a pocket watch, or wears a very expensive wristwatch. How about matter, as in matter, matter? Eater lad. He can eat anything. That's it.
6: I'm going to say that's true.
0: Yeah, that's yes. a real comic book character. I was
6: that kid. I was Eater <laughs> you, lad. Or you, whatever yeah, you,
0: you ate all matter?
6: That's going to be my epitaph. He was a good eater.
0: <laughs> that's a really good quality. <laughs> that's going to get you through the apocalypse. How about arm fall off boy? <laughs> He can detach any of his own limbs and use them like clubs to defeat criminals.
6: That's the hardest one. I'm going to say true. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, he uh, tried to enlist in the Legion of Superheroes, but he was rejected. (laughs) I actually didn't know there were storylines like that where they applied, but they don't get in. Like Yale or something like that. What do you do with a
6: superpower if you're not... If you, if you reject it, you become a villain, right? It's your only choice.
0: Yeah. How about Angst Boy? His <laughs> supercharged teen hormones create black holes that suck in his enemies.
6: <laughs> I want to do the voice of Angst Boy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, I, uh, I think that's false. It is false. Okay.
8: It is
0: false. <laughs> I mean, real in life, but false as a superhero. All right, this is your last clue. The Red Bee. He's an assistant district attorney in Oregon who secretly fights crime with his trained bumblebee, Michael, who lives in a container on his belt.
6: All right, look, I was almost going to say true until you said Oregon. (laughs) <laughs> they, they don't really need superheroes there they're just chilling How am going right. to say false
0: I'm sorry he's real what? Yeah. read that again
6: what does he do? He's his a... bumblebee lives on his belt?
0: <laughs> yes and the bumblebee's name is Michael which I kind Michael? of love
6: <laughs> that's like naming a dog John
0: <laughs> exactly. you can't do that John <laughs> He fights Nazis with a bunch of trained bees, but Michael is his favorite bee.
6: Okay, I thought you said superheroes, (laughs) not super creepy guys. Super
0: creepy guy, I know. Congratulations, Tim. You did well enough that Nick Wester is going to get an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube.
6: Nick, congratulations.
0: You can see Tim on the CBS series, Madam Secretary. Give it up for our special guest, Tim Daly. Our next two contestants will play a game where we've ruined a beloved American novel. Let's meet them. First up, Caroline Barnard on buzzer number one. You went to Harvard Law and are a recovering lawyer. Welcome. Thank you. Caroline. You live in an apartment that won't have gas for eight months.
8: We got an email in December that said there was a hazardous gas leak. And I thought, oh, well... That's a problem. And then the rumors started to fly about how long the building would be without gas for, and it is eight months. How are you doing without gas? So it's just affecting cooking. The rest of the systems, like heaters and stuff, work. So I did some research online. I found out what kind of hot plates they use in food trucks. And this being New York City, my kitchen is basically significantly smaller than a food truck. (laughs) So I figured if they can do it, I can do it too.
0: And it's going fine?
8: It's going... I mean, there's a lot of ordering in, but... No.
0: sure <laughs> your opponent is Andrew Shuttleworth on buzzer number two you work for a web design agency based in England welcome That's right. thank you now Andrew you're really good at one of my favorite hobbies which is identifying fonts really well uh, which one do you think hasn't yet seen its day
3: you know I'm a big fan of the one you guys use for the ask me another logo the sentinel I think
0: sure. it's beautiful
3: I, I think it's great so wow
0: Interesting tactic. (laughs) Remember, Caroline and Andrew, the first of you who wins two of our games, will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game, called To Mock a Harper Lee. (laughs) Jonathan and I will describe hypothetical sequels to To Kill a Mockingbird. The name of each book plays off the original title, To Kill a Mockingbird, except two words have been changed.
1: So first, we have replaced the word kill with a different, less violent word that rhymes with kill. And second, we've replaced the word mockingbird with a different three-syllable animal. Why? It's a great question. (laughs) Puzzle Guru Art Chung, why don't you give us an example?
3: If we said, Scout excites a spotted, laughing, dog-like scavenger by taking it on a roller coaster, you'd answer, to thrill a hyena.
0: (laughs) Buzz in, talk it out. It's totally fine. Here we go. Atticus hears the sound of a venomous viper's tail, so he fires up his Weber and cooks it for dinner. Andrew, to grill a rattlesnake? Yeah, that's right.
1: Seems like it would be hard to write an entire book based on that premise.
0: <laughs> to grill a rattlesnake?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty short doesn't take that long to grill a snake. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's, maybe it's a cookbook.
1: It's <laughs> more of a short story. <laughs> short story. Scout wants to bring an amphibious Australian egg-laying mammal to the Halloween party, but first has to decorate it with pleated fabric. Caroline. To
8: frill a platypus? Oh, yes, that is correct.
0: <laughs> Miss Madi wants to show Scout how pretty and feminine the color pink can be. So she writes a document, leaving Scout a tall pink waiting bird on the event of her death. Andrew. To will a flamingo. That is correct, yeah.
1: (laughs) Jem's broken arm prevents him from playing sports, so he finds a quill-bearing rodent to take his place and runs it through numerous football training exercises.
8: (laughs) Caroline. To drill a porcupine.
2: (laughs) That is right.
0: Scout finds a long, flattened, multi-legged arthropod in the dirt of her garden and charges it rent.
8: Caroline. To bill a centipede. Correct.
1: (laughs) Boo Radley protects the Finch children by turning the temperature down low enough to scare away a blood-sucking insect that transmits diseases.
8: Caroline. To chill a mosquito. You got it.
3: Puzzle Archung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Caroline. You're one step closer to the final round. If you
0: knew Atticus wasn't really so great the entire time, then come be a contestant on our show. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can have fun in the audience. Information at amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll find out which of our contestants will move on to the final round, and lots of people in the world are mysterious. Jonathan Colton and I will meet one of them when we play Mystery Guest. I'm Ophir Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Support for NPR and the following message comes from Little Passports. Check out Science Expeditions, the new educational subscription that kids and parents love. Monthly packages arrive packed with activities and experiments around themes like rockets and solar power. In the first month, your child will extract DNA from a strawberry. Learn more at littlepassports.com slash askme, where listeners can save 40% on their first month with the coupon code ASKME.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton here with Puzzle Guru Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Caroline and Andrew. Soon they'll play a music parody game where Jonathan Colton channels Madonna and straps on his favorite cone bra. But first, let's check in with them. So, Caroline, what's your favorite magazine in a waiting room?
8: Well, if I can find a people magazine with a crossword that no one's done yet, that's always a confidence boost to do a people <laughs> crossword.
0: It's always sad when it's half done, right?
8: Well, yeah. I mean, if somebody gave up on the people crossword in the middle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a little bit sad. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, it depends what the results were of that waiting room. <laughs> Could be just high cholesterol, everybody. You don't know what to talk about. Andrew, what's your favorite waiting room magazine?
3: Well, I usually pick up Architectural Digest because I think this will be nice and peaceful and relaxing and like a window into a better life. But then I just get uh, sad about not living in these houses. (laughs) So I always regret it.
0: Yeah, I know. You're like, well, we'll never have these things. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh All right, Jonathan Colton, take it away.
1: We rewrote the lyrics to Madonna's Vogue to be about magazines that are not Vogue. So just buzz in and tell me what magazine I'm singing about.
0: Caroline, you won the last game, so win this, and you're in the final round. Andrew, you need to win this, or you will receive a three-year subscription to Cat Fancy and (laughs) ESPN, the magazine.
1: (laughs) Here we go. All the kids get to use imagination for games and puzzles galore. Immature. Goofus doesn't leave his station while Gallant opens the door. Caroline. Highlights. Highlights is correct. <laughs> sex tips, whoa. Helen girly Brown changed its focus. And K.A. Hey, hey, sex tips, whoa. Learn about the hot new techniques, also, health and fashion. Andrew
0: Cosmopolitan
1: Oh yes Cosmopolitan
0: I love sex tips For women They're funny Thousands of articles And you just have to show up
1: (laughs) Uh, No I have no comment (laughs) It makes no difference What you need to buy A washer, dryer, a car In the testing lab, these folks will give it a try. Then from low to high, these ratings apply. They score it. (laughs) Andrew.
0: Consumer Reports.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: I'm not reading reviews anymore. You're not reading reviews anymore? No. I just want to eat at a crappy restaurant and be like, yeah, that was bad. I just want to like have, buy something and be like, that doesn't work. No you don't, more.
1: You don't even want to set up the possibility that it's going to be good or disappoint. You just are going to assume that everything's going to disappoint Well, because you. every
0: review is a disappointment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they should review. Who's reviewing the reviewers? Am <laughs> That's I right? right. <laughs> Worldwide scope. And it has that bright yellow border. Hey, hey, hey. Worldwide scope. History, world culture, and maps. And Dramatic photos. Caroline.
8: National Geographic.
1: Yeah, you got it. This is your last clue. Gandhi, Churchill, Zuckerberg, Ben Bernanke, Charles Lindbergh, Bush, Obama, all were seen. On the cover of this magazine, some we hated, some we cheered. All were person of the year. Any women? Just a few. Strike a pose, because one year it was you. Andrew. Time. Time Magazine, that's right.
0: I was just going to say, it wasn't even changed from man of the year to person of the year until 1999.
1: Was it that late, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, there weren't women before then, right?
2: That's right, right. yeah.
3: <laughs> our Chung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Andrew. You've tied it up, and we're headed to a quick Game 3. Oh, boy. I'll give you a category and you go back and forth naming things that fall in that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Your category is name the 12 people who have served as the main hosts of the Academy Awards from 2007 to 2017 Caroline. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel is correct. Andrew. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is correct, 2012. Caroline.
8: John Stewart.
3: John Stewart, 2008. Andrew. I've I got nothing. Uh, I really don't know. I'm going to give you three seconds. Anything? No. I'm sorry. The other answers were Alec Baldwin, Anne Hathaway, Chris Rock, Ellen DeGeneres, Hugh Jackman, James Franco, Neil Patrick Harris, Seth MacFarlane, and Steve Martin. Andrew, I'm afraid we're going to have to say goodbye to you. Carolyn, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round. <laughs>
0: While Sam and Caroline get ready to face off in our final round, it's time for me and Jonathan to play a game we call Mystery Guest. A stranger
3: is about to come on stage.
0: We have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, Archang, does. That's
3: right. fear you and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please
7: introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Harvey Burgett, and I won a national title. You won
3: a national title.
7: Yes, Harvey a is national title.
3: Harvey is seventy-two years old and an accomplished music composer, conductor, and organist. But his title is in something he only started doing four years ago. you get the first question.
0: Okay, is your national title in something that involves uh, a physical activity?
7: Yes.
1: Uh, is your title in something that involves uh, 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 creating something with the making something with
0: your hands? No. Okay, is your physical title loosely connected to a sport? Yes. Is your title in something that is just considered a sport? Loosely was better? Loosely was better? Okay, good, good. Loosely was better.
7: It's a sport. It's a sport.
0: It's a sport? Okay.
1: Uh, Does it involve a ball?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Looked like you were going to say yes, and then
7: you came out with a no. I get it. All
0: right, is this a sport that you do individually?
7: Sometimes,
0: Sometimes, but you can do it as part of a group? Yes. Part of a team? Yes. A team of more than eight players? I don't even know if that team exists. Wait a second. Possibly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Could it be 200 players?
7: That would be awesome, but I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Is it capture the flag?
1: No, it is not capture the flag. That was a joke. That's not a sport.
0: (laughs) Have I ever watched this sport on television?
7: Yes, you have. I
0: have. Okay.
7: Is is it an Olympic sport? Yes, it is.
0: Oh. Oh. Is it a winter Olympic sport? No. Okay. So the one that you guys know. It's some kind of a summer Olympic sport. Okay. (laughs) Well done. Is it aquatic?
1: Is it an aquatic sport? Yes, it is. It's aquatic.
0: Uh Is it synchronized swimming? Yes, it is. (laughs)
2: Wow.
1: Wow.
3: So... Harvey is currently the only competitive male athlete in synchronized swimming in New York, and in 2015 and 16, he won a national gold medal in synchronized swimming for his age group.
2: That's amazing. Wow.
0: How did you know you were going to be good at synchronized swimming?
7: I, was, uh, I have a swimming coach, Dale okay. Muhammad, and uh, I was taking lap classes. And she said, you're having much too much fun. Come to my synchro class. Then she invited me to join her team, which is Gotham Synchro. Yeah. And um, she and I are headed to Budapest in August for a mixed doubles competition. That's. (laughs) ah.
0: So I don't know a lot about it. I just watch it and appreciate. But it seems to me like you have to hold your breath for a really long time.
7: As long as necessary. (laughs)
0: So I guess uh, you can hold your breath for a very long time. Oh, well, it depends. Do you decide, like, who's going to be the person with, like, who's mostly, you know, because we'll do different patterns. It's
7: called choreography. That's what it's called.
0: (laughs) So, right, one person has the legs up and one person has the arms up, right? Right. So how do you decide, like, so it's who can hold their breath better or does it just go back and forth?
7: You train. You train. train So you train for holding your breath. We begin each uh, rehearsal with exercises, and part of that is involved. You don't just hold your breath. You're working hard with sculling and treading water and going to the bottom of the pool with your head facing down and uh, stay for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how uh, often do you train?
7: Uh, The team works uh, Sunday afternoons. Yesterday we were in the pool from 2.30 to 4.30, And uh, I also take classes at Lehman College on uh, Thursday evening, heads out to uh, Peter Kiernan, who's the head coach there, who's been very supportive of me. So he and Dale Muhammad and my team, Gotham Synchro, are what keep me going. That's amazing. (laughs) That's
3: amazing. Uh, And you said that uh, synchronized swimming is like water polo, except, Someone isn't trying to kill you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
7: Yes, my teammates sometimes bump into me, but they're, it's friendly. Right.
3: It's
0: supposed to be a supportive situation right. where you're creating something
7: together. I mean, I bump into them. Uh, they never bump into me. Right, yeah, you're the aggressor. Uh... <laughs>
3: so why is uh, the field of synchronized swimming uh, dominated by women, or is there very few men involved? Oh, I'm changing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, men are not allowed to compete in the Olympics. Is that correct?
7: Exactly. And uh, historically, there were events that were just men, and there were so to even it out, there had to be events that are just women. And gradually, they're equalizing. And actually, Budapest is the first World uh, event where there will be men, and it's uh, the mixed doubles, and then easing it in. So. Maybe the next Olympics. Maybe the next
0: Olympics. (laughs) What's the job that you've done before synchronized swimming? I know synchronized swimming isn't necessarily a job. You're not raking it in. Or maybe you are. Are you raking it in through uh, synchronized swimming?
7: No. Is it like... (laughs) Actually, uh, I'm combining my careers. Uh, I've been an organist, composer, conductor for 50 years. And uh, Dale has choreographed one of my organ pieces for our free duet in Budapest, and the title is, Two Hearts as One. Oh, that's awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: Fantastic.
7: And, and we meet at 2.30 on Sundays at John Jay. so both of you...
0: We can come and watch?
7: No, you can come join. Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: I feel like you would be like, okay, just stay at the bottom of the pool for the rest of this one. Thanks, Ophira. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much for being My an incredible pleasure. mystery guest. Everyone, give it up for our mystery guest, Harvey Bergett. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Sam Keener, who's editing a highlight reel for his middle school basketball team that he coaches, and Caroline Barnard, who's a recovering lawyer. <laughs> our Archung, take it away.
3: Thanks, Ophira. Sam and Caroline, your final round is called All the Answers from A to A. Every answer will begin and end with the letter A. We're going to play this round like a penalty shootout. We'll each get the same number of questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner, and your prize will be an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Tim Daly. We rolled a D6 backstage, and Sam is going first. <laughs> Smattering of laughter. Some people get that. <laughs> Remember, every answer will begin and end with the letter A. Sam, the full name of the pet detective played by Jim Carrey. Ace Ventura. That is correct. Caroline, the full name of the actor who starred as Hawkeye Pierce on MASH. Alan Alda. Correct. Sam, the full name of the actor who won an Emmy for her role on Ugly Betty.
4: America Ferreira.
3: Correct. Caroline, the gel from this plant's leaves is commonly used to soothe sunburned skin.
8: Aloe Vera. That's
3: right. Sam, this 2014 Nicki Minaj hit featured samples from Baby Got Back. Anaconda. That's right. Caroline, this magic word is also the title of a hit song for the Steve Miller band.
8: Abracadabra.
3: That's right. Sam, it's a bottled water brand manufactured by Pepsi. Aquafina. You got it. Caroline, this Leo Tolstoy novel was adapted into a movie starring Kira Knightley in the title role.
8: Anna Karenina.
3: That's right. We're at the halfway point, and the game is tied at four points each. Sam, this Supreme Court justice died in February 2016. Three Uh, seconds. um,
4: Alito? No. Uh, No.
3: no. I'm sorry. We're looking for Antonin Scalia. Caroline, this tennis player was 2002's most Googled female sports figure.
8: Uh, Anna Kornikova.
3: That is correct. Sam, it's the Spanish word for grandmother. Abuela. That is correct. Caroline, this continent contains Uzbekistan, Bhutan, and Tajikistan. Asia. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a trick question. (laughs) Sam, Luanda is the capital of this African country. Angola? That is correct. Caroline, this Chinese online marketplace went public in 2014, raising $25 billion and becoming the largest IPO in history.
8: Alibaba. That
3: is correct. The score is seven to six. Sam, to stay in the game, you must answer this question correctly. This musical featuring the music of Elton John ran on Broadway for over 1,800 performances. Three
4: She's good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we are looking for Aida. That means, Caroline, congratulations, you're our winner. Sam, so good. Congratulations, Caroline.
0: And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Nark Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolte cannon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane and senior writers Greg Lightman, Karen Lurie, Josiah Madigan, and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi Danny Shin Ramel Wood and our intern Toya Singh along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman we are recorded by Damon Whittemore Richie Clark and David Hurtgen Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker we'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn New York the Bell House Hot Heel Blues and our production partner WNYC I'm Harai Pagonias Ophira Eisenberg and this was Ask Me Another from NPR now. I know if you made it to this point in the podcast, you are a fan of our show. Thank you so much. So why don't you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? Or better yet, leave us a review. Your support helps other people find our podcast. Thank you. Next time on Ask Me Another, Big Frida, the queen diva of bounce music, tells us about getting the call to collaborate with Beyoncé.
1: Her publicist called and said, Beyoncé want to speak to you. Is it okay to give her a number? I'm like, is it okay? What the hell? Yes, call right now. Why didn't you let her call first?
0: Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.